right, give yourselves a hand. You got out of bed this morning. You get a hand for that. Come on. We celebrate you getting out of bed this morning. Where are my warriors at? You got out of bed too. Come on. Let them know. Let them know it. You know you want to. Uh, we had a great, great time this last weekend. And um, if you're sitting there saying, I think I missed out on something. If you're a man and you're sitting there saying, I think I missed out on something. That's right, you do. And uh, we want you to feel that way. Because we want... Because we want you to go next year. That's all. It's, 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 uh, but at the same time, uh, we don't want you just to stay in that place where you think you missed out. We want to invite you to be a part of it. So that's why we hype it up. Because we want you to be a part of it. Because, because you need it. You need this. If you're sitting there and you're, you're here for the first time. Uh, by the way, I apologize if I'm rude. My name is Pastor Adam Harold. If I haven't met you, I want to introduce myself to you. If you're visiting with, with us for the first time, uh, you received a card on your way in. Just, uh, it's a terrible piece of paper. You just tear it off at the bottom and write all your information on it. And we will stalk you. So uh, we won't, we won't, we won't. We won't stalk you. I will just send you a card in the mail. That's our hassle-free guarantee that we won't, we won't stalk you. We want to give you a, a prize for being here today. I don't know where that came from. It's just a gift. Uh, you can, uh, and if you're here for the first time, you've never been at a church like this. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to cry. It's okay to uh, shout. It's okay to participate. So uh, look at your neighbor and say, "It's okay to participate." Oh, there you go. All right, I got you. All right, I got you. Today is a special day because it is Small Group Sunday. We are launching our new small group for the semester, brand new, shiny, sparkling small group, and uh, it's going to be a great semester because it is summer semester of small groups. Give it up for summer. Come on now. We have some small groups that will be taking place outside, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, check out all of our groups, um, shiny, sparkling new groups. Um, and then go home or even get on your cell phone and go to refugemain.church forward slash groups and register for a group. And then go to your iCalendar, your Android calendar, whatever calendar you use, your Google calendar, and put on the day that it starts that you're going to be there. So, um, and uh, it's, it's life change. We believe that people need people. You can't, you weren't designed to do this life alone. So we set up groups because I can't, listen, I can't be everybody's friend. I want to, but I can't. So we set up groups so that you can find friends in that group. And so, um, because you weren't designed to do life alone. So uh, make sure you, you do that today. Today we're in a series, uh, the last, the finale of our Reply All series. It's been kind of an interesting series because we've had Mother's Day in the midst of it, and we included it in Mother's Day, but we also have Memorial Day where we uh, kind of put pause and had a time out for uh, Memorial Day because we wanted to honor the sacrifice of those that have sacrificed so much for our country. And so, uh, Garen Brady did a great job talking about sacrifice last week. Give it up for Garen. Come on. He did a great job. If you're sitting there, you're new, and you're thinking, man, this church likes to talk. Yeah, we do. We like to have fun. Uh, it's one of our values. And, uh, and Garen did a great job. Uh, talking about sacrifice, uh, he's a Marine, uh, not active any longer, 
talked about text by theme, which is a great take Sunday. But today we're talking about healing and miracles because it's a part of our Reply All series where we put out a, a, a survey on Easter when we had the most amount of people here for the year. When we At the end of the year, we'll look back and we'll go, Easter was the most, most amount of people that we had here at that day. And we wanted to survey the most amount of people we could to ask you what you wanted to hear about. And so uh, we've been talking about those things. Week one, we talked about how to handle stress. Uh, if you're here and you're going, man, I'm stressed out right now. I wish I would have heard that one. Uh, we got good news for you. It was recorded. It is on our uh, website, refugemain.church slash messages. You can listen to all of our messages there. Um, the next week we talked about how to deal with difficult people. And uh, that was on Mother's Day. And Mrs. Harold did a great job talking about difficult people because she knows how to deal with difficult people. Right? Some of you didn't get that. She knows how to deal with difficult people, right, because she lives with me. Uh, so she talked about that. And then, and then the, the next week, uh, you know, I, I talked about, uh, see, I've forgotten now, uh, how to raise kids in today's culture. And I uh, talked about parenting, gave you some parenting tips. Uh, and today we talked about miracles because we wanted to hear about what the Bible has to say about miracles. And when we talk about miracles, um, I think... Uh, what we're talking about mostly in today's context, because we don't expect God to uh, to part the Red Sea anymore, even though he can still do that. Come on, somebody. He can still part the Red Sea if he, if he wanted to. But most of you that are sitting there in, in your seats are, are after a miracle that we call healing. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about healing, and I think that if we're honest with ourselves, 100% of the population today, 100% of the people in this room need some sort of healing in their life. It may be physical, it may be emotional, but it is most definitely spiritual. And so, because of that, we are, we talk about healing here, and and we will talk about healing. I was thinking about this uh, earlier today, and I think, you know, I've been a, I've been a minister for um, for a long time, for over 20 years now. And, uh, I mean, I, I started when I was, I was young. And uh, I don't know that I've ever preached on healing, uh, like, just like I am today at least. And uh, I was raised in a tradition, and I'll talk a little bit about it, but I was raised in a tradition where we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. We didn't talk about healing as much. We did some, but not so much. And today I want to I wanna talk about it coming into the best I can. Every human being needs healing. If I want to give you a, a big idea for today, it's this. We chase, we, we do not chase the miracle. We chase the God that does the miracle. We don't seek the miracle, we seek the God that does the miracle. But here's what happens. We start talking about healing, and all of a sudden, people start asking questions. Is this a Pentecostal church? I thought we were a non-denominational church. Oh, I get it. We're one of them crazy non-denominational churches. I get it. 
Because a lot of times we start talking about healing, we start talking about miracles, and people start talking about crazy. The crazy person that got healed. A lot of times the devil wants to con- convince us that the Holy Spirit is crazy. And we're going to talk about why he does that. But the Holy Spirit isn't crazy. I'm crazy. The Holy Spirit isn't crazy. People are crazy. They're not the Holy Spirit. And I'm convinced that we understand God the Father. We understand God the Son. But we don't understand God the Holy Spirit. And it all started in the book of Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Acts chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. You probably have a cell phone. And if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can go into the YouVersion Bible app and find all of today's notes, all of today's scripture. And if you don't have the, the app downloaded on your phone, the words are on the screen behind me. Acts chapter 2, verse 12 through 15. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. Because I don't want you to think that this is my idea. It's not. It's God's idea. It's God's idea. Acts chapter 2, verse 12 through 15 says, They stood there in amaze and perplexed. Now let me tell you what's happening. This is the first time, this is the root of the Holy Spirit. It's the first time that the Holy Spirit um, shows up amongst people. Right? The Holy Spirit has always been, has always existed, but this is the first time that people experience him. It's called the day of Pentecost. And so things start happening and people start asking questions, what's going on? And this is what happens. In, in verse 12, it says, they stood there amazed at what had happened. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they said? What does it mean? They asked each other, but others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. <laughs> I love that. They're just drunk. They're crazy. They're just drunk. There's got to be an excuse. Verse 14, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. Then Peter stepped forward with the other warriors. And he shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all you Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Basically what he's saying is, all you Jews of Jerusalem, you're all just like them. You're Jews too. He's saying, you're just like they are. He says, listen carefully, all you Jews of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. There are people, these people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. It's 9 a.m. Nobody drinks at 9 a.m. unless you got a problem. Then you need some healing. Ladies and gentlemen, when God shows up in our lives, as he often does, When he shows up in our lives, when he shows up in your life, people will call you crazy. People might even call you drunk. It's been because I I know that because it's been going on since the Holy Spirit first showed up. 
since God started moving in people's lives from day one, people started calling people crazy. I grew up in a tradition that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. And at times, I thought the Holy Spirit was crazy. We understand God the Father, we understand God the Son, but we don't understand the Holy Spirit. I hope to give you a little bit of understanding this morning. Because if we're going to experience healing, and if we're going to experience miracle, we need a touch from God in our lives. And that touch comes from the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he said, but when the Father sends the advocate, the advocate with an A, the advocate is translated. When the Father sends the Holy Spirit, as my, re- as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, so he spells it out. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift. The gift that I leave you is the gift of peace, he says. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is the gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason the devil tells you the lie that the Holy Spirit is crazy is because the Holy Spirit offers you peace. And Satan is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to rob you of your peace. That's why he tells you the Holy Spirit's crazy. When it comes to biblical healing, I think there are two camps. There are two camps, two different theories on biblical healing and how it takes place, or why it takes place, or if it takes place. The first one is known as the confessionist. This is the name it and claim it crowd, the the say it and it's done crowd, the speak it and it's done, the the, um, say it and and you can have it. And what this does is, is it puts power in our words, not God. The second one is the sensationist camp, the cessationist camp. The cessationist believes that the Holy Spirit uh, gave us gifts that have since ceased, and they ceased when the apostolic age ended. I'm not going to get into all that this morning. That's for, that's for another class on another day. But it said that the Holy Spirit stopped, that the, the, that the gift of the Holy Spirit stopped on that day. James chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 says, Are any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come in to pray with you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will come to you, come, uh, will make you well. Sorry. And if you, make, and if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. If you are sick, it says to pray and to ask for healing, to even take it to a whole nother level and to go to your elders of your church, the leaders of your church, and to ask you to anoint them with oil. Many of you may not know that, that at this church, at the refuge, we do offer anointing oil. I have it in my pocket every Sunday. And, and it, you, 
just have to ask for it. If, if something's going on deep in your life, and, 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 like, and I, oftentimes for me, if something's going on really hard, I might ask them, do you want me to anoint you with oil? I will do that. The oil doesn't provide the healing. The, anoint, the oil shows the symbol of the faith that you believe in the God that gives the anointing, that gives the healing. But again, I grew up in a tradition that often neglected the oil. Because, because it, was cons- it, was, it was perceived that the oil was, was crazy. But it's not. It's just a symbol. It's just something tangible that we can touch, that we say we believe that God has the power to do what I'm asking him to do. Faith is not just an instant. Faith is a destiny. Faith isn't just a one-time act. It's done. I've asked Jesus in my heart, and, I, and, and I'm good. I'm covered. And it's not how faith works. Faith lasts a lifetime. It's a journey. Life, life happens in a journey. So if, if you want to receive healing, and if you want to see miracles, like I believe God still does to this day, then we have to. To, to understand it. I want to give you three observations about healing and miracles this morning. Number one is God still heals. Number one, I said God still heals. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus, if he is the same God that said to the lame man, walk, in the book of Mark, he's the same God that can say, to the lame man walk to this day. I choose to believe that God never changes. That he's the same God today that he was a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago. He's the same God. Isaiah 55, 8. So the, the, the question is, this is the question. If he's the same God that says to the lame, walk again. Why doesn't he say all the time to the lame man, walk again? Why doesn't, why are there lame people? Why are there sick people? Why are there cancer? Why, why is there cancer in this world that hasn't been healed? If he has the power, why doesn't he do it every day? I wish there was a better answer, but Isaiah 55, 8 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. I wish I could say I fully understand that. But his thoughts are my thoughts. I don't understand that. For years, for, for centuries, people have been trying to explain things about God that we don't understand because we're not sovereign. Because we don't, we're not God. But the day is coming when we will finally see him as he is. The book of 1 John tells us the day is coming that we will see him as he is. The question is, are you willing to have faith when you don't? Are you willing to walk in faith when you don't see God how he really is? Are you willing to walk in faith in your brokenness? 
Are you willing to walk in faith in your sickness? Are you willing to walk in faith when it's dark, when it's lonely, when you don't have any hope? If we're going to fully understand miracles, we have to trust God when the miracle doesn't come. If we're going to understand miracles, we have to see God when we see a diagnosis. His ways are far beyond my ways. His thoughts are far beyond my thoughts. And the problem is, I trust myself more than I trust God. And I say, but I can't. I can't do this. I, I can't understand this. Stop trusting yourself, Adam. And trust the God that controls you. Isaiah 57, 1 says, Good people pass away, and godly often die before their time. But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting from the evils to come. When our loved one pass away, when our loved ones, ones pass away, we have to understand that God is protecting them from the evil of this world. And if they, that they know Jesus in their heart, then they are far greater than I am right now. I believe that, that God still heals, and he heals in three different ways. Number one, he heals immediately. This is supernaturally. He, he heal, he, God has the power to, to still heal supernaturally through prayer. God has the power to still heal through, through prayer. Um, the president of, of ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches, um, if, you, if you come to my refuge today, you'll, you'll hear a little bit more about that because it's the organization that helped us uh, start the refuge. The president of ARC, his name is Pastor Greg Surratt, and um, he pastors a church called Seacoast Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And um, at the end of 21 days of prayer in, in January this last year, they they decided to have a healing service. They, and, and they're not, they're not crazy non-denominational. Like, they're, they're not like that. They're not Pentecostal. They're, so, like, they, they, there's a really good podcast about it called the Pastors Collective Podcast. You, you can listen to it. It's really good, and it talks about the service that, that, that took place. They, since, when they had that service, they, they invited somebody in, and, and you're going to think it's crazy. Because I did, and they did. They were telling the stories, and they were like, I know, it's crazy. But they had a healing service that lasted seven hours, that they have had more than 200 documented miracles that are confirmed by doctors because of that service. The craziest one, one of the craziest stories is um, a girl that was allergic, deathly allergic to eggs. So she went to IHOP afterwards, but first she went to a doctor. Because if you feel like you've been healed from a deathly allergic allergy, you go to the doctor first before you eat eggs. Just, just pro tip right there. Tested, no longer, no longer 
allergic to eggs. She went to, to IHOP and took a video of her eating eggs for the first time in her life. Only God could do that. But God can still do it. You can read all about it. Seacoast.org is their website. If God can do it at Seacoast, he can do it at the refuge. Come on, somebody. So he heals immediately through prayer. The second thing is he heals uh, progressively through doctors and medicine. I thank God for our doctors. I thank God for medicine. Don't neglect doctors and medicine because you have faith. I've seen that before and it doesn't work. The third thing that he he heals, the third way that he heals is he he heals eternally through entry into heaven. When your loved one that has cancer passes away, they are healed. It's not healed the way we want, but that's why we have to have faith when we can't see. That's why we need to have faith when we don't get the, the miracle the way that we think that it, we should get it. Because we got a miracle. It just didn't get, we just didn't get it the way we wanted it. Because we trust ourselves more than we trust God. We got the miracle. When that happens, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 18 comes to mind. It says, and yes, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and bring safety safely, bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. The second observation about healing and miracles is that God is more concerned about my soul than he is about my healing. Let me say that again. God is more concerned about my soul. When you look at me, you see Adam Harold. I'm sorry, it's all I got to work with. You don't see Adam Harold, sorry. You don't see Adam Harold when you look at me. You see what represents me. You can't see my soul. But God can. And God does. Matthew 10, 28 says, Don't be afraid of those that want to kill your body. Because they can't touch your soul. But fear the one that can destroy both the body and the soul. When it comes to when it comes to everything in life, there are two ways. There's the world's way and there's God's way. With everything in life, there's the world's way and there's God's way. There's language, world's way, God's way. Marriage, world's way, God's way. You name it, it's it's there. And with healing, it's no different. With healing, there's the world's way and there's God's way. We say, we say, I just want to be healed physically. But God says, I just want you to be healed spiritually. I just want you to be healed spiritually. That's the most important thing. Luke chapter 10, verse 20 says, but don't rejoice because of evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Don't get wrapped up in, in what you think you're doing. Get wrapped up in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that you are saved. 
fact that our sins are paid for is a miracle. The fact that God sees me as I am and still loves me anyway is a miracle. The fact that I can be restored as a son of God is a miracle. The fact that your marriage can be restored is a miracle. The fact that God hasn't given up on me yet. Come on, somebody. He's more concerned about your soul than he is anything else in your life. And the third thing is, God wants me to grow in my faith. God wants me to grow in my faith. We're concerned about what's happening to us, and God's concerned about what's happening in us. You see, it's about the process. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about the process. It's about the process. As you know by now, we went to a Warriors conference last week. <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, you come back for, as, a, as a pastor, you go to a conference a lot differently than all these other guys. I'm like, man, I wish I could preach like that. And then you're tempted to try to preach like that. But I heard a story that said I was unique. One of the things that Dr. Darius Daniels told us this week was that adversity introduces you to a you you didn't even know was there. And maybe you're here and you're facing adversity this morning, but I want you to know there's something inside of you that God wants you to see. See, we say, God, heal me. And God says, why would I heal you? I like hearing your voice. Why would I take you the, uh, away from the very thing that draws you closer to me? You see, when, when you're sick, you're on your knees. When your marriage is falling apart, you're on your knees. When you're fighting addiction, you're on your knees. Why would I get rid of that? God likes to hear our voice. And if the only time that we go to him is when our lives are falling apart, why would we put it back? So go to him when it's all together. Help us pick up the pieces that you can have it together so that you can go to him every day. And when it falls apart, go to him. Because he wants to hear your voice. The question is, what's it going to take for you to seek him? What's it going to take for you to go after him? What's it going to take for you to talk to him? 
So how do we have faith? I want to leave you with three ways to have faith this morning, or three reasons to have faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number one, faith begins with a word from God. You have to hear from him first. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to get a word from God. We have to make way for his voice to speak into us. That's why Sundays are important. That's why Mondays in God's word with his book, reading it is important. It's the way that he speaks to us. If we're going to get a word from God, we've got to get, get in the word of God. Need a little faith in your life? It doesn't take much faith. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that all it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed, and you can boss mountains around. You can tell mountains to move. When your faith is as small as a mustard seed, it doesn't take much faith. You don't need to have more faith. You need to have more word. Get the word of God in you and get a word from God. Number two, the second thing about faith is faith continues regardless of what I see. My faith will continue regardless of what I see. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, I walk by faith and not by sight. Stop walking by what you see. Stop walking by seeing a diagnosis and start seeing the God that can eliminate the diagnosis. When I find a way to trust God in my life, he always does more than I expect. He always does more than I expect. I just trust him. Finally, number three, faith goes from a small beginning to a grand finale. Faith goes from a small beginning to a grand finale. Here's what I mean by this. The process is the point. It's what God's doing inside of you. Our faith starts small. I think that's one reason why God says to, to come to him with the faith of a child. Because all it takes is a little bit. And then it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. It's about the journey, not the destination. We get wrapped up in the destination. Are we there yet? I don't know how many times I've said that this weekend. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. God is about the journey. It's not about the destination. Because the miracle that you seek is drawing you closer to him. Closer to Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Apostle Paul 
wrote about something that he needed healed from. We don't know what that was. He called it a thorn in his flesh. And this is what the Apostle Paul said about the thorn in his flesh. Concerning this thing that I plead with the Lord with, he says. Three times that it may, may depart from me. And he said to me, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. My faith, it, my, my, I'm trying to get cute there and change the words. It didn't work out so well for me. Let me read it again. My grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Where I was trying to go was say my strength is made perfect in your diagnosis. That didn't come out so well. But it worked. He continues, therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul chose to rejoice when things were falling apart. Because he knew that the power of Christ rested upon him. He knew that it was the very thing that drew him closer to him. Grace is enough. We are strong when we are weakest. But I realized this morning that there are some of you here in this room that feel pretty weak right now. There's some of you in this room that feel without hope right now. There are some of you that don't feel like that strength is ever coming. You know, as I read that, that verse about His grace is sufficient, And it's about the process and the journey. I start to think that can I find hope in that? And when you find hope in the process and the journey, that's when God says, all right, I'll do that miracle. I'll do that I'll perform that healing that you're looking for because you've learned the lesson I've been trying to teach you. So find your hope today. But the fact of the matter is is that the most important healing that we all experience is a spiritual one. The healing of our hearts. So do me a favor, would you stand to your feet, heads bowed, eyes closed? The healing of your heart. You see, because we have all sinned, the Bible says, we fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of God's standard. of human beings have a disease 
And that disease is called sin. But praise God, we have a cure. And his, the cure is Jesus. But he, Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on us. So he will only come and take away that disease if you invite him to it. If you were sick, you would go to a doctor. If you realize you have sin in your life, you must go to Jesus. And he will take care of you. I can't help but to ask, is there anyone in this room that would say, Pastor Adam, I've never gone to Jesus to ask him to heal me of that disease. Would you, would you be so bold as to raise your hand and say, that's me? Anybody? Anybody at all? I've never gone to Jesus. I've never... I've never asked him to heal me of that disease. Good. Because now we can get to the fun stuff. We're going to sing a song in a moment that says, Not for a minute was I forsaken. You see, there are people in this room that are going through things that feel forsaken. Even as a believer in Jesus, even as a follower of Jesus, you feel forsaken because you've been given a diagnosis, because you've, been, uh, because you've battled addiction that you just can't get rid of. And you feel forsaken, but not for a minute you were forsaken. And two weeks ago, I started preparing for this message. And there was something inside of me that, that God said, Adam, I want to heal some people that day. I want to I perform some miracles that day. But here's what I know. There's a story, story after story in the Bible. It required an action. The healing required a reaching out and touching the garment. The healing required friends to carry a lame man on, on a bed to a house that Jesus was standing in and tearing apart a roof and lowering him down so that he could walk in it. So I want to ask you to do an easy, simple action. If you're in the room and you, you say, Pastor Adam, I have a healing in my life that I need. It, it, it can be physical. It can be emotional. It can be addiction. It doesn't have to be, some, it doesn't have to be cancer. I'm not healing cancer. We're not asking God to heal cancer and say, oh, we will pray for that. But I believe that God wants to grow our faith this morning. And even though we will walk by faith and not by sight, I believe that he wants to show us something today. How many of you say, would anybody in the room say, Pastor Adam, I have something I need healed from.
Heavenly Father, I come before you. And because these people have been so bold to reach up, as they touch your garment with their hands in the air, I pray that you will release the same power that was in Jesus. And God, that you would reach inside of them and that you would replace what Satan has taken from them. God, that you would give it all back to them. That they would feel the healing power of Jesus. And they would walk in it. That they would experience it. That they would share it with others. Because God, I believe that when you perform a miracle, you want us to tell others about it. Especially in this day. There were times in the Bible where you told, you told people not to tell anybody about it. it you were saying, and not now. Not now, not now. Now is the time, God, that when we experience healing, we will shout it from the mountaintop. And we will proclaim that we are walking in the healing and the restoration that you have done in our lives. Father, I pray that you would heal cancer. Lord, that you would take it from people that we know. Lord, people that aren't even in this room that are walking in cancer right now. Lord, I pray, God that you would remove it from them and that we would see miracles in their life. God, I pray for people that are, that are battling addiction, that you would heal them from it, Lord. It's a disease, and God, I pray that you would remove the addiction in this room. God, for the, the brokenness that has been caused by abuse, Lord, I pray that you would heal that relationship, that you would heal that heart from the abuse that has been there. God, for the, for, for the disease of sin, we realize that we need a Savior. We thank you for the, the blood of Jesus that has saved us from our sins. And if there's anyone in this room that hasn't given that to you yet, God, I pray that they would find courage and they would find boldness and they would find strength to come to somebody and say, I need to be saved. Father, I pray for any other disease that is in this room, Lord, that you would lift it off of us, that you would replace everything that Satan has taken from us, and that we would realize, God, that we are not forsaken, not for a minute are we forsaken, because even if you don't perform miracles today, we will walk in the process knowing that you are with us. It's in Jesus' name I pray.